The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. The term hacking doesn't likely fill you with a warm and fuzzy feeling, but more of a uh-oh about what part of your life you're about to lose to some hacker out there in the universe of the internet. Then there's hacks out there that make life easier. Something quick and speedy like breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Yep, there's a hack for all of those. Then there's hacks to get yourself or your kids into bed. The list goes on into infinity with shortcuts to make life easier. To infinity and beyond! Then there's another hacking phenomenon going on that's a slightly underground way to do with health. That's called biohacking. It's becoming less underground now, and actually people are catching on realizing that biohacking has the potential for you to better yourself with some easy, intentional, and not too taxing ways. At first, biohacking might sound like you're gonna become a part of the Borg from Star Trek. You will be assimilated. But really, it's about individualistic self-improvement. There are numerous ways to incorporate methods of biohacking to your body and your mind and into your daily routine. But first, what exactly is biohacking? What are you talking about today, Leanne? One definition that I came across said that biohacking your body means changing your chemistry and your physiology through science and self-experimentation to increase energy and vitality. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Well, I say sign me up. Does it mean that you change yourself from who you are to become a better human? Yeah, I think it sounds a lot like that. I'd say it's really a way of optimizing your potential. We all know what the human body has the potential to do. We see athletes break world records over and over again. We see people around the world turning 100 years old and they're still thriving. We know that minds, that oh, they create world-changing events like inventing cars, air travel, and even going to the moon. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. While all those mentioned are at the peak of potential and of their own potential, what if you, the person sitting on the couch watching these incredible feats, could have a piece of that human potential for yourself? Seem overwhelming and maybe not possible? Yeah, I get it. Maybe for you, biohacking is to combat the loss of energy that you're experiencing, or to speed up recovery that seems to be slower than before, or that you want strength, not weakness, that you're feeling so much more than years gone by. 
If you've listened to this show and podcast before, you'll know that I encourage every betterment of pretty much anything out there with one step at a time, one mouthful at a time, and biohacking or optimizing your human potential is no different. So today on Eat This with Leanne, Biohacking 101 and five ways that you can start to hack your own human potential, uplevel your health, and your longevity. You've seen the hacks online, right? From how to make a beer cooler out of a beer box that they came in with a plastic bag, how to cut an onion from start to finish just before you start bawling. There are crafty hacks, there are hacks that make your life easier, and hacks that, you know, get dinner on the table faster, because who doesn't need one of those? Now, biohacking yourself means becoming the best possible version of yourself. You might already think in a way that you're already there, but I have yet to see perfection. So know that we all want to do the best we can for ourselves and live a life better, more energetic life while we're still alive. There is a big difference between living a long life and living a life where you feel great while you are alive. And that's exactly what this speaks to. When I first heard about biohacking, I thought, oh no, I'm going to need to get hooked up to IVs like once or twice a week, take some magical potions, and it's just going to kind of really change the way that I do things, maybe inject myself with super powered things that would give me wings or something like that. But after looking into it, I found that I'm actually already working on some of the foundational aspects of biohacking. And as I go through them today on today's episode and today's show, you might actually find that you're there with me too. The overarching goal of biohacking is to defy your chronological age, to be in optimal health or avoid or reverse actually disease or maximize your energy and cellular potential. Some really just might call this all optimal health. So in fact, this is a journey in finding the balance of what's draining you versus giving you energy, really just to put it all in a nutshell. Does that sound a little less ominous than just the term biohacking? Now, if you're a regular listener, I'm going to say that you're possibly already in the biohacking space because under it all is the desire to be the absolute best version of ourselves. And like I said earlier, if you listen to this show and you've listened to this podcast more than once, then you're already in that space. Now, if you stop and think about what influences there are in your day, how differently music to thoughts, to foods, to drinks and the people around you make, how do they make you feel? What's the difference in some uplifting music to some heavy metal music to, you know, some sort of spa type music? It actually makes me feel totally different. And then, of course, like I said, there's the thoughts as well, really depressed thoughts, really thoughts that are heavy and looking in the mirror and just looking at yourself without that love in your eye for yourself and the incredible human body that you possess right now. There's all these influences that go on outside of us. And you know that what we put into ourselves. Well, all of that comes out again in our behaviors and our health and our performance in all areas of our life, our outputs driven by what goes in. Now, before I get to the steps of biohacking, as I've 
teed this up for you, you have to know that there is no one size fits all with this. You know, when you see someone using a gadget or eating a new food that you didn't know about, or you think you're somehow, oh my gosh, I'm so behind in some way if I don't have X or Y. Well, this is your journey. This is not Bob, Sue's, or Charlie's journey. What may work for them may not work for you. So please keep that in mind as I go through all of these. Now, to start us off, ideally, you're aware of your current state of health and know yourself as in where you are at right now. And then also, I want you to sit down if you don't already know this and think about what are your optimization goals? Do you believe or know that you could have more energy? Do you think that maybe you could have a better memory? more muscle mass to keep you more agile and avoid injury, or just, as I said, kind of have more energy to keep up with all that you want to do. Those are the kind of things that spring into my mind. Knowing yourself could mean having done a DNA test like the ones that I've done and talked about in episodes 101 and my results in 111. Now that was from the dnacompany.com forward slash eat this. And Really understanding and doing a deep dive into it in those episodes, it let me know my own potential for diabetes, for instance, and knowing that my detoxification detoxification potential basically sucks. (laughs) So I need to put a lot of my focus, my attention and my efforts there. You might update your blood work further to what the doctor uh, gives you. Again, go back to episode 103 with Dr. Davis Brockenshire, a functional medicine expert and regular guest on, on this episode, because what you do get from your doctors, unless you know a specific list of what to add on to that, it may fall short and you may just get like a blanket answer of, you're fine. You're all within the reference range, whereas as Dr. B went through in episode 103, you can get more insight into what's going on from the numbers uh, because they all speak to each other. It's a lot like the DNA, how, how when, I ha- when I got my results, it's not just you have this one DNA and then therefore that makes this. It's actually, especially when we talked about, say, MTHFR, there was five different genes that played into what the result was and how I am as a methylator on a genetic level. So it's really, really interesting. So back to the blood test, knowing your level of inflammation, for instance, with a C-reactive protein test that measures the level of C-reactive protein or CRP in your blood is a good one to add in so you understand what where you're at on the inflammation scale. Now, from my DNA test, I also know that I take in vitamin D really well from the sun. So during the summer months, I'm likely all right because I'm out and about, I'm sailing, I'm walking, I'm biking, I'm doing as much as possible outside. But I'll add that test, for instance, into my blood work in the dead of winter for sure, because we're just not exposed to sunshine. And where I live in Toronto, Canada, then we definitely have the potential to be super low over the winter months. Now, functional medicine doctors and naturopaths, they have access to way more blood tests than doctors are typically aware of. And yes, you have to pay for them. So it might be best if you want to know and you're looking into something a little bit more. You can also take the self-assessment, which was a free document, a free download that I put on spartwrite.com forward slash take stock. 
that also has a food diary attached. And with all the honesty that you can possibly bring, just note down everything that you eat and drink and use this as your place to start. And then from there, you can plan what it is that you want to optimize. All right, so let's start off with number one. Now, this is a little techie, but it's really about starting to use wearables like a Fitbit, an Apple Watch, an Aura Ring to track the way that you operate. Yes, knowing that you do your 10,000 steps a day, well, that's good that you've been moving. But what was your heart rate during the day? How, what was it like while you were asleep? What was it like during a hit class or a fat sprint to the bus? Or maybe you had to go grab a kid from falling off their bike, which is not your usual thing. And then you ended up all puffed out. That interval style training sends your heart rate more towards its max. And understanding how you react at even, say, 150 beats per minute, whether you're hyperventilating or, ugh, no, that's no problem. My heart rate just feels like it's pounding a little bit more Then really your heart rate tells you where you're at today, but not in three weeks after you've done maybe some interval training or you've done some resistance training, or basically you've just got out and tried to push yourself more than before. Well, that'll help you know your progress and if what you're doing is working. Now, not that this is all stats and numbers, but the information you get from wearables and apps do both keep you accountable and not end up thinking that you maybe are just, oh yeah, I had a really good, good night's sleep last night, or that your daily walks are really in, in, in actual fact rather than every single day. Well, no, because you know we're in all in a bit of a time warp at the moment and one day feels, two days feels like one day. So in actual fact, your daily walks, you're actually going out twice a week. I heard a really funny story lately from a woman doesn't live in the country. She actually lives in Singapore and she went off to her doctor and they were discussing a few things that, uh, that were going on for her. And she, and, and the doctor saw that she had um, a wearable and aura ring on and asked to see the app so that he could, he or she, I don't even know, could check out really her version of what the app was going to tell them about her her thoughts on her healthy lifestyle because seeing her heart rate variability her hrv for instance her sleep pattern and the fact that on her phone as that that's not actually the app but there was a fast food joint sticker for a quick checkout this was you know this was a discussion that they ended up having because what she was telling him didn't seem to add up. And then the proof was in the app, essentially, because what she thought that she was doing didn't exactly line up with her symptoms. So, you know, sadly, this was not a local doctor, but this was in Singapore. And boy, oh boy, do I wish that that, so, that this could be something that was a part of our medical visits, because the numbers don't really lie. Unless, of course, you turn on your turn on. I went for a walk and you actually just kind of walk around your around your island or you do dinner or whatever it happens to be. You can always fudge it. But really, this is all about you. So we don't need to go lying about the things that we're doing. I'm fully aware that the wearables are not a cheap option, but if you do have something and you've kind of taken off the watch or you're not using it, 
put it back on again and find out how to make the most of it. Now, I do have an aura ring and I still struggle to read it and really know everything. I actually bought it for my daughter to know what her heart rate was about when she was struggling with her eating disorder. And it was super useful to know where her heart rate was at after she was out of the hospital and wasn't on the machines. So I took it on, I sort of inherited it and I'm not exactly sure. I know some of the things I'm looking at. So I'm going to hold myself accountable and start to use that technology to its max. Now the next number two on my list is to talk about compression therapy. Now, this is a therapy that uses controlled pressure in targeted areas to increase your blood flow from your lower limbs to your heart. Now, could you just go for a walk or go for a run or twiddle your toes or or sort of pump your pump your ankles and your feet? Yes, of course you can. But there are other more specific, deeper ways to be able to improve your uh, improve all of your circulation. Now, compression therapy improves lymph flow and lymphatic drainage as well as circulation. Now, to get your blood and your lymph moving around your body means that there's more transportation of nutrients, you're you're filtering out wastes, and really helps to clear out your cells on a super deep level. Now, there are a few options in order to do this. There's compression therapy, which is a pneumatic treatment where you need to go to a clinic to have that. I guess you could have these at home, but really, I'm not sure if you would. Maybe you're a pro at it. They're like these big boots that you put on, and then they basically squeeze your legs from your ankles all the way up. So really mimicking that whole circulation, because let's face it, as soon as the blood gets down to your feet and your toes, it's got gravity to move up against lymph. Well, there's no pump for your lymph. So So that's what I'm saying, like when you wiggle your toes and when you wiggle, do like little ankle circles with your feet or you pump your pump your legs, that kind of thing. It does help that lymph to move because there's no pump for it like your heart. Your at home treatment for this is wearing compression socks. There's also compression sleeves, wraps, bandages and gloves, which really I didn't know about this, but are used for arthritic hands. It helps to alleviate muscle pain, remove that painful lactic acid after exercise because it's a a waste that really just needs to be cleared up. Otherwise, you're going to end up in pain trying to sit down just to have a pee after a big leg day. Now, it helps to speed up muscle recovery, can help improve your flexibility and your range of motion and decrease your muscle fatigue. Now, all of these things mean that you can keep on moving, and that's a really important thing. You know, if you go out for a run and you end up injured, well, then that means that you're laid up for the next few days. Or if you go and, uh, you know, strain anything. I did that with my hip the other day, just lifting up a box. I was like, oh, God. So that slowed me down in doing, I tried yoga the next day, but it didn't feel so great. So I had to take a couple of days off, and I always feel better when I'm moving. Now, there's another way to help to drain your uh, lymphatics, especially over on spurtright.com. You'll see um, Physica Energetics. There's a few products called, one's called Drainage Milia. It's a homeopathic drop. There's also Lymph 1, 2, or 3, which is an interesting way to call them, but they're rather specific for different phases. Drainage Milia is the most common one that I recommend. And it's a way for you to help clear your cells and their waste out and essentially cleanse on a much deeper level as well. Now, number three. 
This is maybe something surprising, maybe not. Now, this is to use light, but the right kind of light. Now, I shared my experience with Orion's red light and near-infrared light in episode 99. And while buying this unit was an absolute impulse buy, I sure have got my money's worth out of it so far. Now, I hope to speak with it, speak with an expert on this next week. So we'll delve into this uh, quite a bit more. But the highlights here are, are what the different colored lights do. Now, blue, you probably have heard being the one that we get way too much of from our screens, our phones, our tablets, and even some light bulbs, which are not good. Now, really, the reason why they're not good is they mess up our circadian rhythm. When you've got your face in your phone right up until you go to bed, that blue light is telling your pineal gland not to secrete melatonin, which is what helps you sleep. I'm not talking about using a spray or using pills, although a lot of people do that because their circadian rhythm and that need for sleep get mess, gets messed up because of all the blue light that we're on. You're, it's not the first time that you hear someone and say, get off your phone, get off your screens at least two hours before bed, because that allows the body and this pineal gland to specifically start secreting that melatonin. Now, red light is a low wavelength red light. This type of light can get deep into our skin where our cells can absorb it and use it as an energy source. The extra energy may give cells the ability to help the body to respond to damage and restore itself. So that can help improve your skin health. So, you know, think acne and anti-aging and wrinkles and scars and wound healing. It can also help hair growth because, you know, that happens under the skin and then it comes out of your skin. Uh, There could be a reduction in pain in your muscles, your joints, and even help with bone recovery after a break or any kind of injury and is also anti-inflammatory. Now, I know it sounds rather magical and slightly unbelievable that all of this just comes from a light, but I'm an absolute believer and I've used it on my daughter's back and face where she can suffer at time to time from acne. And also I've used it for my mental health. So that was another driver to set it up to go onto her skin, knowing that it has that potential as well. Now for my own soreness, my aches, my headaches, and also just on my face for anti-aging, I'm using it all the time. It also slows me down because it makes me sit down or lay down in front of it for about 20 minutes. Whether I listen to something or I do some deep breathing, right there, that is a biohacking situation. Now, I went for it when I bought the Orion Pro with the stand, and I love it. So if you haven't heard that episode, head back to episode 99, and remember that you can use the code EATTHIS10, EATTHIS and the number 10, to get 10% off your purchase. Now, over on orionrlt.ca, that's O-R-I-O-N-R-L-T.ca, and again, when you use this, the code EATTHIS10 for your discount, now, at the time of recording, there's an actual 30% off sale, and I believe you get out, get to use that 10% again. That's what happened with the last sale. So you end up with 40% off. So sign up for their newsletters. Make sure that you're um, following them on social media so that you can keep up with maybe when they have a sale. I might really dive in and get a larger one than what I've got right now. I'd love to have one hanging up so I could just stand in front of it. That would be tremendous. Bye.
All right. Next up is cryotherapy. Yep, it's a fancy word for cold therapy methods. Now that what this does is it exposes the entire body to very cold temperatures. No, this is not putting your head in the freezer like Chris does to cool down and come out with a tub of ice cream just by magic. But the exposure to cold, you know, like when you see and have heard people who are in the hot sauna and then they run out and go rolling in the snow. Yeah, that's what this is all about. Now, the cold temperature causes your blood vessels to restrict and limit blood flow, which is also called vasoconstriction. Once out of cryotherapy or once your body returns to its normal temperature, the blood vessels expand and a rush of blood comes back into the tissues, bringing nutrients and minerals that can even give you an endorphin rush, making you feel truthfully amazing. Now, the best part of cryotherapy is that it only takes about three minutes. It's so worth it for this invigorating and restoring experience. Now, the number one way to do this would be to jump into a cold lake or, of course, the ocean, like a polar dip kind of thing. Now, experts who break down the various ways of really doing this cold therapy included in all of that, of course, is a cold shower or a cold plunge pool. Now, they all advocate for, if it's at all possible, to use the body of water for a grounding experience because it just feels different. And really in doing research for this and also just in general of biohacking, the experience of people once they actually get into the freezing cold body of water, yes, it can be really difficult to do in the beginning, but it actually gets easier and it feels very different. Now, when I go on my morning walk and uh, take my dog Lexi out, I could just be tempted to jump into the lake for about three minutes, but truly all the crap that's floating around in the area where I am, it's not like that everywhere, but there's a bit of a reservoir there. It's just an absolute turnoff. It's so disgusting and I just can't see myself doing it super close by. So it's not practical for me to do that unless maybe I'm jumping off the back of a sailboat or something like that. So instead, after my morning warm shower, or actually yesterday, I went for an almost 20K bike ride. By the time I got back, I was hot. My face was red and I was hot. And so what did I do? I jumped into the shower. And if it was just a normal morning, I'd have my warm shower. And then I turned the tap to as cold as it can possibly go. Now, the first few times I did this, I could only manage 10 seconds while hyperventilating, of course. And then every day I increased it and I could now stand there for at least a minute. And after my bike ride yesterday, I just had a full on cold shower. I don't even know when I've ever done that if there was hot water available. So really, it's something that you work up to. Now, before I had the handheld shower, um, just at my throat to get my thyroid, because that's really, really great. If you're doing a plunge, you definitely need to get up to kind of the bottom of your chin. Recently, I went to a Nordic spa and oh, it was so gorgeous and went from the sauna right into a 55 degree cold plunge. Now, the first time I did this cycle, I went up to about my waist and I stood there for 30 seconds while, of course, hyperventilating. And then as soon as I could calm my breath and stand there for a little bit longer, I was like, okay, I'm really cold. So I got out. But then I did it again 
And the second time I got up to my neck and I stayed in there for at least a minute. You know, it kind of hurts. It's not so pleasant. But when I just focused on my breathing and kept telling myself that I was warm, it absolutely worked. And then when I got out, my body just felt so alive. It was absolutely amazing. It's just like my cells were, were alive. Everything was pumping through every single cell. It was absolutely tremendous. And I get a version of that after being in the shower and it just feels so invigorating. Now, there's also a nice list of benefits to putting yourself through this crazy situation, and that includes pain relief and muscle recovery. So that was perfect after my long bike ride because I was tired. So I made sure I ate some protein first, and then I thought, oh, this is going to hurt tomorrow after doing such a long ride. But it really, really helped. And my muscle recovery was great. I'm not sore today at all. Also has been touted to help with weight loss, which is where directing the cold over the thyroid comes in. It being anti-inflammatory and a reduction in pain of anywhere that you happen to be hurting, right? Kind of like putting on ice, ice on a wound can, um, can be a just tremendous and, and really like almost instant. It can also help reduce anxiety and depression, improve eczema symptoms, and help for, for treating migraines, which is another reason why I've been doing it. Now, I'm not hitting the mark on preventing my migraines of late, and they've been coming at me about once a week. So I'm really hopeful that moving more towards just a straight cold shower after being warm, maybe after my walk, is really going to help because, man, they are just debilitating. All right, number five. Now, you may have noticed that I have not talked about food yet. So last but not least on the list of biohacking your diet, really just be aware of your diet. I mean, that's the number one thing. But in terms of biohacking your diet, eating less refined, like almost no refined and carb light meals, eating the right kind of snacks, abstaining from sugar as much as you possibly can and eating way more superfoods like greens, some dark chocolate, some berries, even in adding my Take This by Leanne supplement called Kid Boost, which I actually named it Kid Boost, not only for picky eaters and kids, but also so that your cells have the superfoods, all of the crazy antioxidants that they need to behave more like when they were a kid. So this absolutely speaks to biohacking and really trying to reverse your age, but not your chronological age, you from a biochemistry age. And there's a lot of tests out there that can tell you exactly what there is. So those fundamentals, those antioxidants, the reason why I tell you to eat beets all the time, eat your blueberries, eat the superfoods, all the greens that need to go into your diet all the time really, really make a difference. Now, added to this is intermittent fasting. Now, I went into intermittent fasting in episode 80, but just to do a quick rundown, by giving your body time to use what it's put into storage, right? We all have various amounts of fat. Some of us have a lot more fat. Some of us have a lot less fat. And really what your body has done, every time you eat, it takes some of that food and it stores it as fat for energy later on. Now it's a really, really important thing. And it's just how humans are made. Now fasting may also provide a number of other significant benefits to just using up your fat stores, which would be a tremendous thing. I mean, your body's going to keep on going 
in terms of putting whatever it is that you're eating back into your uh, fat stores, you're not going to ever run out of it, of course, because you're just going to keep on eating, which is funny to say, seeing as I'm talking about fasting right now. So anyway, I'll come on to the specifics of actually what fasting looks like. But the significant benefits include uh, improving your cognitive function. There's cancer prevention talked about in this circle. Uh, Increased cellular waste removal that's called cellular auto. Oh, let me get this one right. Oh, top topography. Top, no, topography. No, that's like the, the mountains. Autophagy. Sorry, just had to put my teeth back in there. And lower levels of inflammation. Now, intermittent fasting is like a happy in-between to thinking that, oh my God, she's just said fasting. So that means I'm going to have to go like a whole day or more than 24 hours without having any food. You've got to be crazy. There's no way that I could do that. So no, I'm not pushing you in that direction. I promise. Now there is an eating pattern, which you can work towards of eating for eight hours during 24 out of 24 and then fasting for 16. Now that's the ideal, but know that you can work up to that with having like a minimum of about 12 hours without food to start. So that means that you finish your meal at 7 p.m. and you start eating again at 7 a.m. Maybe that's something that you do already, but the beautiful thing that that does is it stops the midnight snacks, the getting on the couch and pulling out, I don't know what, whether it's chips or popcorn or kind of whatever your snack is. And that does include wine and, and more, more of your wine down beverages, let's call them, which I know so many of you, including Chris, love to have in the evening. But again, this is really where you decide what is your focus. If you're going to do something like this and you still want to have a glass of wine after, after your day is done, well, maybe you just have it a little bit earlier rather than at, say, nine or 10 o'clock. Now, when your body is allowed to rest during the fasting state or the fasted state is actually what it's called, which can actually be up to four hours after your last meal, there are so many benefits. Now, when you fast, you increase your levels of growth hormone as much as five times more than their normal rate, which boosts your metabolic rate. Now, that's the speed at which your body burns calories. Now, I just did a workout this morning to that was a little bit more, I guess they call it a HIIT workout. It's more intervals. So there were some burpees in there, which, oh my God, I absolutely hate them. There were some knee ups in there. There were some hip ups in there. There was like a few different circuits. And this whole 20 minutes of trying out this little exercise routine, the trainer who was on the video kept saying, this is increasing your human growth hormone as, and he didn't say as much as five times the normal rate, but coupling something like that also along with fasting, with doing intermittent fasting, well, that's a really huge boost to our metabolic rate. So fasting can also reduce your insulin resistance. This is something that that really I've I've been looking into a lot mostly because of my own potential for diabetes and insulin resistance. I'm a 51-year-old perimenopause woman and insulin resistance is something that really can turn up in my life anytime now if it's not already there. So really lowering your blood sugar, just creating uh, the accessibility of your body to burn more fat. 
that's a really, really good thing because we also store a whole bunch of toxins and heavy metals and all sorts of things in our fat. And we don't want to be carrying that around. It's just not good. So it's good to burn it off. And then of course your body's gonna gonna put it back in there again. But that's a new, fresh, hopefully cleaner type of fat because you're up-leveling your diet. Now, some experts say that intermittent fasting may also reduce your LDL cholesterol or what's called the bad cholesterol, which is known as a risk factor when it comes to heart disease. Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutBright.com or LeannePhillipson.com. Now, there are other biohacking ways, like practicing gratitude, listening to music that has a positive effect on your brain waves, which is called functional music with binaural beats and tones that synchronize with your brain waves and induce a meditative, relaxed state. Yes, there is that type of music out there. Now, speaking of a meditative state, meditation fits nicely into biohacking as well as focusing on cardiovascular and skeletal health. But all that I've covered today is an excellent start for now. Now, do you want to be the CEO of your own health? Live large and in charge? Now, biohacking could be the way forward in becoming the best version of yourself. Now, let's just do a quick recap. Where are you at now? That's really where you want to start. What's your genetic potential? Do you, do you actually know where you're at in terms of your genetics and what that potential is? Now, two ways of, of starting off with this is you can get my self-assessment tool from sproutright.com forward slash take stock. And if you want to dig into your own DNA and genetics, head over to the dnacompany.com forward slash eat this for an automatic $50 off with that link. That's it. You just go straight there and there's $50 off immediately. Of my list of five to check out, well, number one was the wearable options that are out there. And to have some metrics on your sleep, your movements, and the effects of stress on your body, your heart rate, and your heart rate variability. Next was the compression therapy treatment with some socks, compression wraps, gloves, or really anything like that, which is really important for your circulation, your drainage, and your lymph flow to clear out inflammation, waste, and any toxic byproducts of just being a human. Then there's a red light therapy that I'm loving. And if you're ready to give it a try, head over to orionrlt.ca and use eat this 10 for 10% off. And every time they have a sale, that code still works to get the 10% extra off of whatever the sale is. Number four on the list is to get cold. That cryotherapy that's a cold blast or a jump in the lake or a plunge pool will make you feel like a million dollars. I promise you once you're out, as painful as it is to get in there, as hyper, as much as your breath is just going to take your breath away. Honestly, it really is tremendous. Now it it does take some getting used to. The discomfort is honestly worth it on every single level last but not least, is really focusing on your diet, really keeping yourself accountable. Write down those foods and drinks that you're having every single day. See what as well, what are the timings of your meals and how much you might need to push yourself more towards intermittent fasting. Now, I know that it's not right for everyone. So if you've tried it and it's not working, then it, it would actually be really, really good to speak to somebody about that 
as humans, we have that potential to be able to fast. It's in us. It's, it's, you know, it's how hunter gatherers lived, but it's something where maybe it's one of those things where you think, okay, it didn't help me. I didn't, I didn't do so great on it last time I tried it. Let me give it another go. Start with 12 hours, go to 12 and a half hours, then, then 13 hours and 13 and a half hours. And maybe if 14 hours is your magic number, great, stay there. Intermittent fasting can be daunting at first, but the research on it is so incredibly positive. You can work towards it if you aren't quite sure where to start or you don't want to jump right into that whole 8 out, eight sixteen. 14, like I said, might be your sweet spot. I've seen that actually with a whole bunch of clients. And one of my clients lately, really when intermittent fasting was talked about, and this was absolutely for blood sugar regulation, then the success just wasn't there. That's why I keep going on about this because I've seen it with my clients. And really, we just kind of dialed it back. We started with the 12 and then we pushed more towards um, more towards just every half hour in incremental steps. And this, the symptoms that would come of, of just really not feeling great and feeling really drained, well, they completely went away. And actually, my client realized, oh, I've actually been doing most of this all the time. Now, also to do with your diet, then make sure that when you are eating, go for those superfoods, include as many colors as possible, and really just leave all those processed foods on the shelf. If you can include Kid Boost uh, from the Take This by Leanne line over on SproutRight.com, that would be tremendous. And then also eat those good fats, that clean protein, and avoid the processed foods and sugar. I hope this brings you into a little bit of the underground movement of biohacking and maybe you're already on track with one or two of these. So move along with the suggested list, knowing that this is about you and your own journey. It's like your own self-discovery. And you may be listening to this thinking, this is what I'm doing already. Like, great. Okay. Well, over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into a little bit more about this biohacking. It's really a term given to a lot of the things that I feel like I'm already doing because really I'm always learning. I'm always up leveling and I'm always trying to, to do better. Now, remember that, sure, you can get inspiration from others, but this is really not only something to try and if it works, keep it, but if not, then just move on because this is your journey and this is about you. Now, when I talk to more experts and touch more on this topic in the, in the coming weeks, then there'll be more ideas if you already feel like I'm kind of doing all this stuff already. Share this episode if you think that this really speaks to someone or maybe you've been having a conversation lately about, oh my gosh, I'm going to go and try this. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about that? Well, send this over to them and then maybe the next time you go for a walk or you talk about doing a a polar dip or a cold plunge or something like that, then you're both on the same page and you can really encourage each other to go out and try and do this. Now, I'd love it if you could rate Eat This with Leanne. Check out the the list of five things over on leannephillipson.com because sometimes you just need to see it in writing as well. So I put a lot of effort into keeping up with, uh, with the show notes for you with as many links and as much information as possible. So I always love it if you can share that link as well. So thank you so much for being here. I'm always grateful that I get to turn up in your car, in your ears, on your walk, whatever it happens to be 
And thank you for taking responsibility for your own health and wanting to be the best version of yourself. Just know that really it's a journey. I'm going to say it again and again and again. And on that journey, please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. <laughs>